I want to talk to us for a few minutes this morning about why we go. Why we go. You know, the words that we just read were some of Jesus' last words that that he uh, communicated to his disciples before he would ascend from this earth to heaven. The Bible tells us that they had been with Jesus for about three years or so, and everything that they had been through with Jesus brought them to this moment. They had seen as Jesus had had healed the multitudes of all kinds of sicknesses and diseases. They had seen as Jesus had had, uh, delivered people from different demonic possessions and, and all kinds of oppression in their lives. They had even seen Jesus as he had, he, as he had uh, fed the 5,000. And they had heard as he had, had sat with the multitudes and taught them. And everything they had been through with Jesus brought them to this moment when Jesus gave them the mission that would define the rest of their lives. I think they knew what Jesus was calling them to do when, when he spoke to them and said, I want you to go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name. And I wonder if we could all say that together this morning, in the name. In the name name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. You know, for a long time in the Old Testament, people wondered, what would the name of the Messiah be? What would the name be that would bring salvation into this world? But in the New Testament, in the book of Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, it tells us, it says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. There's only one name in this world that has the power to heal. There's only one name in this world that has the power to deliver. There's only one name in this world that has the power to set us free from our sins. And it's the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We've got to be baptized in the name. In the book of Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, it says it this way. The Bible tells us that there was a group that was gathered around Peter on that day. And and they asked him, they said, Peter, what do we need to do to be saved? And he said, you've got to repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? For the remission of sins. And he, he didn't stop there, but he gave them a promise when he said, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and unto your children and unto all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I'm so thankful that God is still calling people in this day. I'm so thankful that I know we're a long way away from Jerusalem where the day of Pentecost happened. But I'm so thankful that God is calling people in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Going back to Matthew 28. Jesus didn't stop there though. He went on. He said, once you've gotten these new believers to to believe and to be baptized... Now you've got to teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And Jesus also didn't stop just with the instruction, but he also gave them a promise when he said, And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. What a wonderful promise Jesus gave them that day. I think it's so fitting that that Jesus gave them a promise that he would be with them wherever they would go 
as he was sending them out into the world. But you know, I think the reason why Jesus gave them this promise that day was because Jesus understood that there would be days that it wouldn't matter how much they were in the will of God. That there would be days that it didn't matter how much they were walking in the power of the Holy Ghost. But that there would be days that they would wake up and they would feel like they were all alone. There would be days and, and there would be some things that they would go through that, that they would pray and, and they would even wonder, God, do you even hear my prayers? Do you even know what I'm going through? Or am I here all alone facing this situation all by myself? But Jesus wanted to settle it from the beginning. He wanted them to understand it doesn't matter where you may go. And it doesn't matter what you may be going through. But you will never be there alone. Because I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. In another place, Jesus said it this way. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you, and I will not leave you comfortless, but I will come to you. I will be a comfort when you need comfort. I will be a help when you need help. When we pray, there's times it feels like our prayers don't even make it past the ceiling. But you know, I'm so glad that we're not praying to a God who is somewhere far away. But the Bible says He is a present help in time of need. He is right there with us. When we pray, we're praying to a God who is right beside us. Hallelujah. What a wonderful God we serve. Thank you, Jesus. And again, I think in that moment, the disciples knew what they were called to do. They understood that this mission was so great that, that it would cost them the rest of their lives. That, that they would have to devote every waking moment, all of their strength to trying to see this come to pass. But you know, sometimes I, I find that we in our, in our human weakness, in our, in our frailty, sometimes just knowing what we need to do does not give us the power or, or the energy or, or, or the courage to be able to, to accomplish even though we know what we need to do. I don't know how many of you are, are like me, but I wonder how many of us have ever woken up in the morning and, and you know, with good intentions in our heart, have, have grabbed a pen and a piece of paper and, and started making a to-do list. We knew what we needed to get done, but somehow at the end of the day, when we look back over our to-do list, there are still some boxes that are left unchecked. Just knowing what we need to do sometimes isn't enough for us to be able to do it. But you know, I find a lot of the time if, if we could just understand why God has called us to do what He has called us to do, I believe we would be filled with faith. We would have that encouragement. We would have that energy to be able to step out and to do what, what God has called us to do. And so today I want to share a few stories to illustrate why, why I believe God has called us to go. If we could go to the picture of the lady. Mrs. Yoshihara was a very normal Japanese lady. And uh, she had lived uh, a, a very normal life until she was in her 50s. But when she was in her later 50s, she began to, to realize that something uh, very wrong was happening in her body. And so she had gone to the doctors and, and they had run tests on, on her and, and they gave her the diagnosis that she had brain cancer. 
They told her, they said, we're very sorry, but your, your cancer is so far progressed. The tumor is so big that we only have one option of treatment that we can do to possibly save your life. They said, all we can do is, is perform a surgery and remove the tumor. But when we remove the tumor, because of where it is and the size that it is, we'll also have to take out a large portion of your brain. They warned her that it would, even if the surgery was successful, it would leave her very weak. She would be very handicapped and, and wouldn't even have the, the, the energy or the ability really to, to even take care of many of her most basic needs. But she still thought the, 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 uh, the, she would rather live even with all of the limitations that this would bring. And so she went ahead with the surgery. And it turned out, to the doctor's credit, it turned out just like they said it would. They absolutely saved her life. But when they sent her home, they sent her home without really any quality of life to speak of. She really had nothing to, to really live for. And so she was just housebound and to live out her days there at home. But it was while she was there at home that one night as she was laying in bed sleeping, that suddenly she began to have a dream. In this dream, she saw a street not very far from where she lived. She was very familiar with this street. It was only a few blocks away. But this street had never been special to her before. But as she saw this street in her dream that night, a voice spoke to her and said, If you will go to this street tomorrow morning, you will find what you're looking for. And you will find the answer to your needs. She woke up in the morning and she thought what any of us would have thought. That was a really weird dream. I've never had a dream like that one before. But then she started to wonder as she remembered her dream. I wonder if that could be true. I wonder if that could be real. And so she, thinking she had nothing to lose, decided, you know what, I'm just going to go find out. And so although she really didn't have much energy, she got herself dressed and ready and made her way to that street. As she began to walk down that street on that Saturday morning, she hadn't walked more than about 50 meters or so down that street when, when she saw a building and, and she noticed that there were people gathering there. And, and she began to notice as the people were going inside the building that there were people from all over the world. There were people from different, uh, there were people from Africa. There were people from different Asian countries. There were people from North America and South America, people from other, people from Japan, people from all over the world. And she thought, what in the world is going on here? I've never seen anything like this in this town. And for a moment, she kind of forgot all about the dream that she had had, and she just stood there watching these people. And uh, she looked up at the sign on the building, and it was a church. And it just so happened that it was our church. And, you know, normally we would not be having church on a Saturday morning, but on that Saturday morning, on that weekend, we were hosting a regional conference. And so on that Saturday morning, of all Saturday mornings, we were having church. It also just so happened that on that very morning, one of our sisters, as she was at home getting ready for church, she said, God, begin to speak to her heart. She said, God told her, when you get to church this morning, I don't want you to go inside and start talking with your friends like you normally do. But instead, when you get to church, I want you to go and stand out next to the street. And as people pass by, I want you to begin to invite them in. But our sister had never done anything like that before. And we all know what it feels like when the Lord asks you to do something you've never done before. It's scary. 
There's always a couple of other voices that come along behind. And, and it doesn't matter whether the Lord's dealing with us to raise our hands in, in church and worship for the first time or, or whether it's to tell our friends or our coworkers about what God has done in our life. It doesn't matter what God is calling us to do. For the first, whenever it's the first time, it's scary. And there's always a couple of other voices that'll come along and they'll try to tell us, well, well, you're going to look really foolish if you do that. Or they'll try to tell us things like, well, you haven't been in church long enough for God to use someone like you. Or if we've been in church for a while, they'll say things like, well, yeah, you've been in church, but you know how you still struggle with that one sin. God can't use someone who, who doesn't have complete victory yet. But you know, the thing is, I think God wants us to understand that He's not looking for somebody who's been in church for a certain amount of time. God's not even looking for somebody who's perfect and, and has it all together and, and now they qualify to be used by God. But what God is looking for is somebody who will hear His voice and say, God, if you can use me, I'll do my best to do what you've called me to do. I may not understand why you're asking me to do this. I sure don't know what you're trying to do by me doing this. But God, I'm going to trust you. God, I'm going to trust that you're God and you know more than I do. And God, I'm just going to do what you've called me to do and I'll leave the rest up to you. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful that that's exactly what our sister chose to do that day. She didn't know what God was wanting to do. She didn't understand why God was calling her to do this, but she just stepped out in faith. And, and when she got to church, she just walked out just five meters or so from the front door of the church to the sidewalk. You know, we think God, when he calls us to go somewhere, he's maybe he'll call me to another country. And sometimes he does do that. That's what my wife and I feel like God has called us to do. But God's not always calling us to go to another country. Sometimes he's just calling us to go five meters from where we already are. Our sister went out to the sidewalk and as people begin to pass by, she began to invite them in. Hey, we're having special services. Would you like to come in and be in service with us today? But one by one, everybody began to say no. They would say, I'm sorry, I'm too busy. Or, or they would say, I'm sorry, I don't believe what your church teaches. I won't be coming. And, and it would have been so easy for our sister to feel like, Maybe she had missed it or, or maybe she had failed and to give up and, and go inside the church and, and give up. But I'm so glad that she chose to persevere just a few minutes more. It didn't take much longer before Mrs. Yoshihara came walking up in front of, of the church and stopped and began to watch everybody. Our sister rushed over to her. She said, hey, would you like to be in church with us today? We're having special services. And Mrs. Yoshihara said, well, you know, I would like to, but I'm not allowed to, am I? I'm not a Christian. Many people in Japan think that to even be allowed to come inside the church building, they must already be a Christian. And so our sister reassured her. She said, no, everybody's welcome. And matter of fact, if you would like, why don't we sit together? She was reassured by that. And so they came on in and sat down. You know, I really don't remember anything about the service that day. But I do remember seeing where Mrs. Yoshihara was sitting. And from the very beginning of the service to the very end, seeing tears streaming down her cheeks as for the first time in her life, she felt what it feels like to be in the presence of God. For the first time in her life, she heard the word of God being preached. And you know, the word of God is powerful. 
We don't know what people are going through, but the Word of God is powerful. Hallelujah. At the end of the service, she came forward and began to pray. She began to give her life to God. Of course, none of us knew anything about the dream that she had had, but she began to understand that the dream that she had had was not just a strange dream, but that there is a God who is real. And there's a God who had hope to give her when no one else had any hope for her. She was baptized in Jesus' name. And before long, she was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. We watched as God began to do miracle after miracle in her life. From healing her body beyond what the doctors had said would ever be possible. To watching God begin to fill her heart with the most incredible joy. Where before she had had nothing to be joyful about. Now God had given her something to live for. God had given her joy in her heart. You know, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the dream that God gave her. But the dream alone would not have brought her inside the church. The dream, it, it got her to get out of bed. And it even got her to leave her home. And, and it brought her to within five meters of the church. But with her thinking there was no place inside the church for her, with only the dream, she would have turned around and walked home. And, and she would have thought, I guess that dream wasn't true. I, I guess there really is nothing for me in this life. But because there was somebody who was sensitive to the voice of God, because there was somebody who was willing to step out in faith and, and say, God, I don't understand everything about this, but I'm just going to do my best. I'm just going to do my best to do what you've called me to do. Because there was somebody who was willing to step out. There was a soul that was added to the church that day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us we only see the outside appearance of people, but we don't know what's going on in their heart. But the thing is, God knows. He knows where people are at. The people around us, it might seem like, they, like they're okay. It might seem like they have it all together. But the thing is, God sees their hearts. He sees the hunger. He sees the desperation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He sees where they're at. Thank you, Jesus. I have one more story I would like to share with us today. If we could go to the picture of, of the gentleman. Brother Yokoyama was also in many ways as he grew up, he grew up in a normal Japanese home. And for him that meant he did not grow up in a Christian home. But instead he grew up in a very devoutly Buddhist home. His parents taught him from a very young age to kneel and pray to the idol God that they had there in their home. And you know, idolatry and idol worship is so common. It's so ubiquitous in Japan that, that just about every house, I would say 99.9% .9 of houses in Japan are built with a place for you to put your altar, to put your idol God there. Every house in Japan has a place for your idol God. And so he was raised praying every day to the idol that they had there in their home. He said, it was the only God I knew. He said, and so I prayed just hoping for one of my prayers to be answered. He said, but although I prayed every day, I prayed faithfully. He said, never did I have a prayer answered. 
He said, never did I even have any feeling that if my God was real, he was aware of me or, or had even heard my prayers. But, but just hoping for one of my prayers to be answered. I prayed every day. We have no idea sometimes. We take for granted sometimes the privilege that we have to pray to a God who doesn't just hear us once in a while, but he hears every word we pray. The Bible says he even hears the idle words of conversation. He knows how many hairs we have on our head. That's how closely he's paying attention to each one of us. But Brother Okoyama didn't know our God. And so he prayed to his God. While he was still a young boy, life became very difficult when his parents decided to get divorced. When his parents separated, he lived with his dad at first. and His dad became very abusive and would beat him mercilessly. And he would say the cruelest things to him, things that, things that we could never imagine a father saying to his own son. But yet that was his daily life. At one point he, he did, thought maybe life would be easier if he went to live with his mom. But his mom worked in a bar to make ends meet. And the lifestyle that can be associated with that was really no place for, for a young boy to, to be raised. Eventually both of his parents decided that they didn't want him anymore. And so they sent him to live with his grandparents. Thankfully, his grandparents were, were very kind people, and they loved him and cared for him as best as they could. But we can all imagine the emotional scars that that would leave on a young boy's heart of having been rejected by your own parents. By the time he was in junior high, he had already begun to contemplate suicide and, and self-harm. And, and by the time he was in high school, he, would, he had already begun to drink alcohol. By the time he, had, he was graduating from, uh, uh, from high school, he was a hopeless alcoholic. Many of his friends and teachers, they cared for him, but, but they just didn't know how, how to help him. There was nothing they could do to get through to him. It's really a miracle, but somehow, even in that state, he was accepted into college there into Japan, in Japan. And once he was in, in college, they chose for him, of all people, to be part of a foreign exchange student program and to come to the States for a time and to study uh, in the States. And so, you know, most uh, Japanese young people, when they come to North America, they want to go to a big city, somewhere that they've heard of, uh, somewhere like New York or, or, or L.A. or Miami or, or Vancouver or Toronto, somewhere big that maybe they've at least seen in a movie or seen a picture of on a postcard, you know. But of all the places they could have put him, they didn't put him in any, any big city that he had ever heard of. Instead, they chose to put him in a small town called Lewiston, Idaho. I wonder how many of us here know where Lewiston, Idaho is. And if we in North America don't even know where Lewiston, Japanese people don't even know where Idaho is at, much less Lewiston, Idaho. But that's where they put him. And there really wasn't a lot for him to do there or to really see North America, you know, but... But he was just going to class and he would come home. And he said one day as, as he was in his dorm room alone, he said the thoughts of suicide came worse than they had ever been before. He said before he could always do something to distract himself or, or to put his mind off of it. But he said to this day, he said it was just so strong and the voices came. Why don't you just end your misery? Why don't you just, just end your life and, and not have to go through this anymore? Why don't you just, there's nothing for you in this life. 
He said there was nothing he could do to distract himself. And, and so he just cried out to any God who would hear him. And he said, God, whoever you are, help me. And he said in that very moment, the most wonderful presence came into his dorm room. He said he had no idea what it was that he was feeling, but it felt so warm and, and so kind and comforting. He said, but I didn't know who it was I was feeling. I didn't know where I could go to, to ever feel it again. He said, but, but as I was there feeling this presence, he said, I, I began to think, you know, while I'm here in North America, I, maybe I should go to a, a Christian church and, and see what these Christians believe. And so he, but he didn't know what church to go to. So that next week when he was in class, there was a young man named Michael who had befriended him. And so he said, hey, Michael, I was wondering, do you know of a church here in town that I could go to? It just so happened that Michael was Pentecostal. You know, sometimes as we are just going about our lives, we have no idea that God is orchestrating things for our paths to intersect with someone who's hungry. We may not know why God has us in a certain neighborhood or, or at a certain job or at a certain school. But there is a reason. There is a reason to everything he does. He said, Michael, do you know where I could go to church? And Michael said, absolutely, you could come with me. And so that next Sunday they got up and walked into the back of that small church there in that small town in Idaho. Brother Yokoyama sat in the back where he could kind of watch everything that would happen. And we all know if it's your first time in a Pentecostal church, there's a lot to see happen. It's not like a lot of, a lot of other places. And he said that morning, he said as he sat there, he said, and as the people stood and began to worship God and to sing their praises just like we did here this morning, he said, the same presence that I had felt when I was all alone in my dorm room flooded into that place. And for the first time in my life, I understood there is a God who is real. And there's a God who hears us when we cry out to him. And he cares about where we are. And he cares about what we're going through. He said, I was so moved by that understanding that day. He said, I would have done anything they told me to do. He said, but in the preaching, I heard about baptism. And he said, I didn't understand everything about it, but I thought, I want to do that. And so he came forward at the end, and they baptized him in Jesus' name. He said, I, I couldn't understand it. He said, but when I came out of the water, my heart was filled with the most incredible peace I've ever felt. He said nothing about my life had changed. My problems with my family were all still there. He said, but I knew that God was with me. And no matter what I would face, God would be with me and he would see me through it. He was so excited that that evening he came back to the evening service that they had there in that church. And this time when everybody stood to worship, he also stood to worship. But there was one problem. He didn't know the songs they were singing. He didn't know how to pray a Christian prayer. And, and so he didn't really know what to do. But, but he thought, you know, I can just talk to God from my heart. And so he lifted his hands and he just began to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for loving me. Thank you that even though I didn't know who you were, you answered my call when I cried out to you and, and you let me feel your presence and, and now you've brought me here to this church and, and you've washed my sins away and you've filled my heart with this incredible peace. Thank you, Jesus. 
And as he just was worshiping God in his own words, he said God filled him with the Holy Ghost. And he began to worship God in a new language. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, when, when Brother Yokoyama came to the Lord, he had been addicted to alcohol. Again, there was nothing anybody could do to help him. But God is stronger than any addiction. God delivered him. And although he had been a very mean and angry drunk, God delivered him and made him one of the kindest people you could ever meet. Only our God can take us where we are in our broken condition. That this world can't do anything to help and create in us a new creature. He can make the old things all passed away. And He can make us to be reformed in His image. Only our God can do something like that. God began to work and, and to repair the relationships that had been hopelessly broken. When He went back to Japan, He began to share with His family members what God had done in His life when He was in the States. Actually, it's interesting. The very next day, after he was in church and, and God saved him, the very next day, he had to get on a plane and return to Japan. Wow. On the very last day that he was, he was in the States, God reached out to him. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He went back to Japan and began to share with his friends and family members what God had done in his life. God began to do a work in their lives as well. And, and one by one, they came to a faith in Jesus as well. The hurts that they had had in their lives that, that had caused them to now, now hurt others. God began to re repair those damages that they had suffered. Amen. Our God can do anything. You know, I believe that is why God has called us to go. Because there are people just like Mrs. Yoshihara and just like Brother Yokoyama that they're doing their best to just make it through life. But the thing is, whether it's physical damage or, or whether it's emotional hurt that we've gone through, there's not one of us that can survive this life without the Lord's help. Life will take its toll on each one of us. But the thing is that God knows where people are at. And the reason why God has called us to go into this world and to share the gospel, share the good news with everybody is because God is able to do for them what he's done in us. God is able to save them in the way that he has saved us. Hallelujah. I wonder if we can all stand this morning. Hallelujah. And if the musicians could come. I wonder if we could just lift our hands to heaven this morning and, and just begin to talk to God right now. If you have never come to God before, if, if you've never given your life to Him, it doesn't matter what you may be going through, but God is able to take you from where you are and make you, a, 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 make you victorious. God can set you free from whatever you're going through. He can fill you with His Spirit. Hallelujah. He can wash all of your sins away. Hallelujah. I wonder if we could just lift up our hands to the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Jesus, thank you for your presence that's in this place today, God. Thank you for your life-changing power that is here with us today. Thank you for your saving power that is with us today. Hallelujah. I want to invite you, if you would like, to come to the altar this morning and just spend a few minutes here with the Lord. 
God is in this place today. It doesn't matter what you may need, but He is here to meet your needs. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I believe God is calling each one of us today. Hallelujah. I believe He's calling us first to come to Him. But I believe He's also calling us to go out and to share with others what He's done in us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, Lord. Thank you for your love, God. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done in our lives. Thank you, Lord, that when there was nothing that we could do to help ourselves, when there was no way, God, when there was no path to victory by ourselves, God, you made a way and you came to us and you reached down, God, and you lifted us up, O oh Lord. Thank you, Jesus, God, that you put, us, you put our feet on the path to victory. You put our feet on the sure path, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your victorious power, God, that is working in us today. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you, God, for your grace. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Hallelujah, Jesus. We love you, oh God. We love you, oh God. Hallelujah. If you want God to do a work in your life today, I would encourage you just to begin to talk to Him from your heart like Brother Yokoyama did. Just talk to Him from your heart. Just begin to thank Him for His love. Just begin to thank Him for His goodness. Hallelujah. You'll feel His presence come to you. You'll feel Him wrap His arms around you. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord.